0: You're listening to a podcast from Victory, Alabama. Uncover the power of prayer in this message by Pastor Reggie Robertson. I am so happy to be here with you this morning. Right now, I believe it's, it's roughly 9.41 at night, my time, <laughs> uh, in, in the United States. So I've been here for a few days, but I've had an opportunity to adapt. Uh, so now, uh, I am on your schedule. Uh, so that's a good thing. Before we get started, I, fi- I really feel like the Holy Spirit wants to ask you a question, uh, because many times we come into our, uh, the church service and we want to experience God. But what is it that you are expecting from God this morning? What is your expectation? I believe God has something to give you. He has some type of clarity to bring, some type of release to bring, something that he wants to do for you. So if we could just take just a few moments right now and let's pause and pray and ask God to speak to our hearts. Let's do this. Father, thank you so much that your presence is here. Your Holy Spirit is moving right now in our midst. Lord, would you speak to us about what you want us to do, what you want us to receive this morning? Let's take a minute. Maybe the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, speaking to you through a vision, a picture in your mind. Maybe he's put a thought in your mind, a message. Perhaps you feel something. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, which, which you have for us, we receive it today. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to tell you a little bit about myself. I have a picture here of my family. Uh, this is a family of four. Uh, you see closest to me um, is my son, David. He's a three-year-old, and he is full of energy. He runs. He jumps off of things, and uh, we have to catch him. And uh, I just talked to him this morning, and he was bouncing the whole time, so I couldn't I couldn't fully engage him. Uh, the next one is my son, Nicholas. Uh, he's a mighty man of God, very articulate, can communicate very well, uh, even as a six-year-old. And, and uh, he he's, he loves to talk, he loves to create. Uh, and then my wife, Bomi, uh, is actually a um, wife of 10 years, and she is from Nigeria um, in Africa. Uh, and I met her as a as a student in the college campus. And I have to tell you that we're a big happy family right now, but there was some resistance that I faced in marrying my wife. And when we, when you look at us right now in this particular picture, you would think that my wife and I are the same culturally. But that is not the case. I am American, she is African. And One of the biggest ways that I understood that was mealtime. Every single meal, she cooked rice. In her culture, they eat rice every single meal. In America, we eat a lot of pasta and bread, so we've been influenced by the Italians. And so now I'm a rice lover. I love rice. So, of course, I've been doing very well here in the Philippines. Absolutely love it. And I tell you what else I love was that, I don't, I don't know what it was called, but it was amazing. Fried pork. Fried pork. Does anyone know what that, what that is? Yes. Yes, that's it. Yes, that was amazing. I love that. And uh, adobo? Oh, with lamb. Amazing. So these are the things that I didn't know about even with my wife. She's very similar lamb and stew and goat and all of these different things. And so we're, we're very different. And uh, her parents, her parents, both of them are Nigerian, and they wanted her to marry another Nigerian. They did not want her to marry an African-American. They did not want her to marry me. And so when I met them, they gave me the cold shoulder. They didn't want to talk to me. They even mentioned things like, oh, we don't understand why my daughter wants to marry you. <laughs> you, you African-Americans, you, you're lazy. You don't take advantage of your opportunities. You know, you're just different. You don't understand our culture. So I ran into a little resistance with her parents. Neither one of them wanted me to marry her. But you know what happened is, was I offended a little bit? yes. I was, I was a little upset, but I knew how to overcome the resistance. I knew how to do it because I had faced resistance in other places before. So I understood it. So you know what I did is I went back to my room uh, and where I, the place where I live and I began to pray and I began to pray in the spirit. I began to, to just speak in, in, the, in the heavenly language that God had given me and God spoke to me a scripture. He said, Reggie, do you remember the story of Balaam? I said, yes. And he said, Balaam could not speak anything but blessings because I told him he couldn't. And I said, that's right. And he said, I want you to pray that every time her parents speak about your relationship with her, that they could only speak my will. So I did that every morning. I would get up in the morning and I would pray in the spirit and I would start to pray, and I would, I would remind God of that story, and I would speak that story over our relationship, that God, that her parents will only be able to speak what is your will. And you know what happened after one month? Her parents were completely opposed to it. After one month, her father had a dream. And in the dream, an angel appeared to her father in his native language, if you don't let him marry her, she will never get married. Thank God for the Holy Spirit and the angels. Then some of her mom's friends, the very friends that told her, this is a bad relationship, we don't think she should be a part of it, they came back to her and said, we changed our minds. Something has happened, but we really think this is a good thing from God. So they came back and they said, you know what? We're going to let you get married. And now I have their favor. They love us. And, of course, the big thing that's changed everything has been their beautiful grandkids. They love their grandkids. And as a result, they love me a whole lot. But you know what? That story isn't far from what I'm going to talk about today. Is that what happens... When we meet resistance right here, the, the, the title of this message is from resistance and restriction to releasing and reigning, uncovering the power of prayer. Now, I know that you have just been in a moment of prayer, but I really feel like the Lord wants to encourage you and challenge you to say that even though you you reached a mid-year prayer and fasting that there's more that God wants to do with you in your individual life and together as a church when it comes to prayer. Let me tell you why. Because God is getting ready to take you personally and this church to a whole nother level. I want to tell you that I saw it happening in the spirit. I was praying for you this morning and I saw uh, something like a snake that tried to, to come and resist and then restrict but then I saw, and it was battling with an angel. And then I saw the angel rise up and was energized as a result of your prayers. And he began to strike and cut the snake to pieces. And you, you as a church went to a whole nother level. There was expansion. There was growth. There was, there was favor. There were opportunities and doors that were open. It was tremendous. God was moving powerfully. Some of you have experienced resistance. Some of you have experienced some restriction. God's going to bring you to releasing and reigning. Let's look at this in the scripture. Acts chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. We'll read these first passages. This is in reference to resistance. I want to talk about resistance. It says, it was about that time that Herod the king arrested some who belonged to the church intending to persecute them. Then it says that, He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. When he saw that this met with approval among the Jews, he proceeded to take Peter also. This happened during the festival of the unleavened bread. Let me give you a little bit of context here. Before Acts chapter 12, Acts chapter 10, Peter just preached the good news to Italians. And there was one particular man by the name of Cornelius that he preached the good news to, and his whole house got saved. And one moment as he was preaching, the Holy Spirit fell, and the entire family there were filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in tongues. And then after that, they were water baptized. And Acts chapter 11, he's explaining to all of the apostles what happened. And at the same time, Paul and Barnabas go off to another missionary journey. And so what's happening is that the church has been advancing. They're growing. They're going to... It looks like they're headed somewhere else. They're headed to a new level. But then what happens is that Herod rises up. Now, Herod does not understand that he is being influenced by a very powerful dark spirit. And this dark spirit wants to cut off, wants to resist Christianity from advancing throughout the world and throughout the region. He wants to cut off the influence. And so Herod, being used by the spirit, seizes James, the brother of John. And at this particular moment, James, John, James dies. And then if that's not enough, he's compelled further by this spirit to seize Peter, This is what I want you to hear about resistance. The enemy has been trying to discourage and intimidate you and cut off your influence as a church. Now, let me just say this. Sometimes the resistance that the enemy is giving us is not necessarily a resistance immediately of cutting us off, but it's a resistance of getting us to settle. You know, it's kind of like what happened with Moses and Pharaoh. When Moses did signs and wonders, when the plagues hit, the sea turned to blood, all these different things happened. The first thing that Pharaoh said to Moses when Moses said, let my people go, he said, okay, listen, you know what? I'll tell you what, instead of letting you go worship in the desert and the wilderness and leave me, why don't you just worship right where you are? Why don't you settle for worshiping where you are? Don't go as far as where God wants you to go. I believe that this particular resistance that you felt has been the enemy wanting you to settle in your family. Don't go as far as God really wants you to go. The enemy wanting you to settle in your job, in your workplace, and reaching out and seeing the effectiveness and the prosperity of God take place in your job. He wants you to settle in your school. Just stay where you are. Just be comfortable. Don't go any further. That's the resistance you've been facing. But the Bible gives us a promise in James. It says if you resist the resistor, he will flee from you and you will experience a breakthrough and prosperity and God's grace and blessing in your life. And I want to tell you. That's God's promise. Let's talk about restriction. Restriction. What happened? Well, in Acts chapter 12, verse 4, it says, And when he had seized, when he had, after arresting him, he put him, this is Peter, in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. That's 16 soldiers. Herod intended to bring him out public trial after the Passover. Herod was intending to do the same thing with Peter that he did to James. Now you might say, why in the world did he have 16 people guarding one man? 16 people guarding one man because he wanted to restrict him. Because he understood that the message... And the power that Peter had inside of him was so powerful that he needed multiple people to surround him just in case he got free. See, restriction is all about if you restrict the messenger, then the message and the power of the gospel will be restricted. And so for some of you, you felt, well, I felt this weight. I felt weary. I felt all of these different forces that have been coming. Emotional attacks and resistance at work and people not treating me right. Different things happening in the night. It's like one thing after another. Listen, the enemy would not resist anyone that he didn't think was powerful. And that carried a powerful message. Part of the restriction and resistance that you felt has been because you have God's power inside of you and the enemy is fearful of what will happen if you get free. He is fearful of what will happen if you begin with freedom to proclaim his word. You speak with authority to your children about God's love and his message. And you at work begin to pray and call heaven down. I want to tell you, when this happens, there's nothing. When you resist the resistor, there's nothing that can stop you from advancing. There's nothing that can stop you from going to the next level. You know, I remember this for my own self, my own life. I, how many of you know that this was a far trip for me coming to the Philippines? This was this was about a 19-hour trip on the plane, and that would be great—19 hours on the plane, maybe you sleep, you relax. But the issue is, is that I used to be afraid of flying. My beautiful wife and I took our third year or it was our fifth year anniversary to some islands in a beautiful place and it was a three-hour flight and in the middle of the flight as I was sleeping and resting it began to shake and I woke up and my hands got real sweaty and for three minutes three to five minutes the plane began to shake shake And the stewardess, they were serving us drinks. You know how they serve you drinks? The pilot guy came on the intercom and said, stop serving drinks. Uh, We're going to meet a little bit of turbulence. Just a little. Just a little. And the stewardess looked at me. And they said, this is not going to be a little bit of turbulence. This is going to be bad. And they ran back to their seats to get buckled down. And all of a sudden, the plane started shaking more, and then it dropped and came back. And then it shook more, and then it dropped. And I was, I was terrified. I was so fearful. I was like, God, So listen, people were saying bad words when it was dropping. It was so bad. Bad words were coming out of their mouth. And when we finally landed the plane, the pilot, his face, he was a uh, white guy, and his face was pale. And people were praising Jesus, even though they didn't even know who he was. Just, I just want to praise God because I thought I was going to die this time. And I want to tell you, when I got off that plane, I did not want to get on another plane. No more. I talked to my wife. I said, how can we get back home without getting on a plane? Can we take a boat? I want to take a boat. I don't want to go back. I was terrified. I was terrified. The Lord said to me, as I was there and I was praying every day with my wife, he spoke to me. He said, Reggie, the enemy wants to restrict your destiny. He says, because a part of your destiny is going to be getting on planes and traveling places. He said, in fact, you will be leaving next week to go do a marriage of some campus students that you discipled. And so you're going to fly again. And after that, you're going to fly 12 hours to Hawaii. You already bought the plane ticket in a month. And then after that, three months, you're going to fly to China. And that's going to be another 17-hour trip. I was like, oh, God, I don't want to do this. It's too much. But he reminded me, he said, just like any other fear in your life, where the enemy tries to restrict you, you know what to do. He said, go back to that word, go back to my promises and began to pray that those promises will be made real in your life, began to intercede. So I took scriptures in Psalm and I began to say that I travel from nation to nation and the enemy does not harm me because the scripture says, touch not your anointed and do your prophet no harm. And I began to pray those scriptures out and and I asked for God, I said, God, no more turbulence. No more turbulence the first week. No more turbulence. And so I got enough peace in me to go back home on the plane. The next week, we're flying out to do the wedding. And as I'm flying, all of a sudden, I with my wife, the plane flips on its side. I said, God, what is going on? I thought you were not going to let this happen. I've been speaking your word. I've been declaring it. I've been praying and praying and praying. And then God said to me, Reggie, instead of praying for the turbulence to stop, why don't you pray for the turbulence to stop in your heart? Pray for peace regardless of what happens. See, the enemy was trying to resist me again, trying to restrict my destiny. And so I began to pray that prayer. And I want to tell you that ever since then, it isn't that I haven't had turbulence. In fact, on the way here, I had about an hour and a half worth of turbulence. An hour and a half. But I want to tell you that I've had such a peace in my heart. God has been with me. I still don't like to drop down in the air. I still don't like that. But I have been at peace and I've been able to do what God's calling me to do. Let me tell you what, the fears, the discouragement, the disappointment the various spiritual resistance, the emotional attacks that you have felt has been to try to restrict you from your destiny, restrict you from what God has for you. But I'm, I'm going to tell you, as you discover the power of prayer, you discover going back to God in that. Listen, i got to share this scripture. Acts chapter 12, verse 5. It says it right here. So Peter was kept in prison. He was restricted. There was resistance against the church. But the church, everybody say the church. What did they do? Earnestly prayed for him. They earnestly prayed. Earnestly prayed. They kept praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. Here's what I want you to know. Prayer has the power to take you to the new next level that God wants you to go in. Prayer has that power. It will take you from resistance and restriction to releasing and reigning. I want you to understand this. The reason why is when you understand this, you will know what to do when you experience resistance. You'll know exactly what to do. You'll also know that you'll not lose heart or faith or grow weary or despair because you understand that this resistance is just another place, another step to you getting to the place that God has for you, to you going to the next level. The next thing. And so that you will see breakthrough in your lives and also in this church. I believe breakthrough is coming even on another level. Let's talk about releasing. Releasing. In Acts chapter 12, verse 6 through 7, it says that now when Herod was, was about to bring him out on that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. Bound with chains, he was being restricted. And centuries before the door... We're guarding the prison. And behold, an angel, an angel of the Lord stood next to him. And a light shone in the cell. And he struck Peter on the side and woke him up, saying, get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. This releasing of Peter was a direct result of the church praying. I want to tell you. As you pray, God will get angels involved that will begin to set free the people around you at your workplace, your family, and throughout this city in this region. You will see new things spring up. You will see the power of God come like never before as you set your hearts and your face to praying and crying out. I want to tell you that God will release the power of his angels to get involved when this happens. And I love this. I'm not, not going to read all this, but it was interesting that as the, the church that was praying didn't even fully believe that their prayers were being answered. When Peter showed up to the house, they said to this young, uh, young girl, Rhoda, that was at the door, oh, it's just a ghost. It's just Peter's ghost. It's not really Peter. You know what? It's interesting how sometimes God... Can even even in spite of our weakness and some of our doubts that through prayer he can begin to move on our hearts and we can see things happen supernaturally. And I was I was thinking about this. I was like, God, how is it that although they didn't have the expectation, really, that Peter was going to be freed, that they were going to that they that their prayers actually worked? And this is what I believe happened. I believe that as they were praying, that they weren't just praying, God. Let Peter be free. But I believe that they didn't know how they should pray. And the Bible says when we don't know how we should pray, that the Spirit makes intercession through us with groans and utterances that that are unintelligible, but they're powerful. So I believe that church, part of their prayers weren't just God set Peter free, but I believe they were praying in the Spirit. They were praying in their heavenly language. They began to pray in tongues, in an unknown language. And when that happens, the Bible says that you pray the perfect will of God. So I believe that as they were in that place, night and day, until Peter got set free, they did not stop praying. The power of God moved as they were praying in the spirit. I believe that's what happened. I want to tell you right now that God wants to set some people free in your life. He wants to set some of you free in here. I believe he wants to do something in you that loosens the restriction, the resistance that you felt. And we're going to pray for that. I believe that God wants to do that. And I was thinking about this for me. And I, I met with resistance. I was dropped on a campus years ago. There was no campus ministry. I was left with two people. And the campus was very resistant to the gospel. And, and the Lord told me, he gave me a strategy for being able to see growth on that particular college campus. The strategy was to take all of the friends of these two people and begin to pray over them every single day. And so I, I took these two people, Linda, from, she was from Kenya and then, and, and then Marlon, and I asked, what are your names Are your friends? I took them and I, and I began to pray every single day. I prayed in the spirit because... After about 10 minutes, I didn't know what else to pray for them. I was, I was, I was, I was like, what, what else should I pray? I don't know. So I began to pray in the Spirit over them. And I want to tell you this, that one by one, over the next year, and a year and a half, one by one, every single one of them gave their lives to Christ, got filled with the Holy Spirit, and got free from the bondage they were in. Some of them were in bondage to perversion. And lust, some of them were in bondage to other religions and witchcraft. But the Holy Spirit set them free. There are people in your life. I'm telling you as a church, if you begin to pray together, even the hardest cases will not be overcome by the power of God and the angels that God will send to minister to them. God is going to see you guys go to a new level as you pray. And lastly, let me talk about reigning reigning and acts chapter 12 verse 21 through 24 says on an appointed day herod put on his royal robes says he took his seat upon the throne and delivered an oration to them and the people were shouting the voice of a god and not of a man immediately an angel of the lord struck him down because he did not give god the glory and he was eaten by worms. I know that's graphic, but it's in the Bible. And he breathed his last. But look at this. But the word of God continued to spread and flourish. I want you to hear this. The prayers of the church went beyond just freeing Peter from prison. That church had no idea that when they began to pray together in the spirit for Peter's freedom, that they weren't just battling for Peter's freedom, they were resisting the very forces, uh, dark forces and powers that tried to take out the entire Christian movement. And in this case, it was the government directly. And so the church, unbeknownst to them, not even knowing it, tapped into the power of reigning with Christ through their prayers. They became, the church, through their prayers, became the governing officials of the land. Because they took out the king, and after that, the whole place was open to the gospel. The whole place was open to the spread of God's word. It began to flourish Churches were planted, ministries were started, the power of God was released. I mean, people were set free from demons and powers, and God just began to flourish in that place because the church tapped into the power of prayer. I want to tell you right now that God has a tremendous destiny on this church, that there is a new level that you're going to. And some of you can't even imagine that this place would grow that there would be new sites that would spring up and other places that would be planted out of here. You can't even imagine that God would give you an audience with government officials and influence over this nation. But I want to tell you that it's going to happen. And I want to tell you, before this happens, that God is going to stir in you the spirit of intercession in prayer. And you're going to see amazing things happen. What am I asking? What am I saying? That How should we respond to this message? It's very simple. Pray in the spirit. Intercede for others. And pray alone by yourself and pray together. Come together and pray. Can you imagine what it will look like as you begin to pray together and you set your face to go into a new level in prayer? Can you imagine the people that will be set free? The Holy Spirit is talking to some of you right now. Can you imagine the doors that will be opened? Can you imagine the peace and the joy you're going to experience in your own life? Can you imagine the enemy being resisted and him being crushed and the gospel being spread? I want to end with this story. Years ago, I was sitting in a, a training class uh, for the School of Campus Ministry. You guys have a similar, th- here, uh, similar thing here. And I was exposed and introduced to a video called Transformations that changed my life. In this video, it spoke of many different stories of how prayer had transformed and changed literally whole regions and cities and nations. And the one that captured my heart that I'll never forget, that I had a unique connection in the Spirit with, was a story of Alamanga in the, in the country of Guatemala. In this particular nation, in this particular city, this city was literally fraught with alcoholism. 80% of the men were alcoholics. They, they abused their kids, they beat their wives, the prison was full. But there was one pastor, after years and years of this happening, God gave him the strategy and said, I want you to pray. And I want you to pray without ceasing. And this pastor prayed. And then he got some of the women, the wives to pray with him. And what they saw is one by one, the men, the husband get set free. And they didn't stop praying. They kept praying and praying and praying. And then what happened is that other churches joined them. They began to pray. And then as they began to pray, they started to see the prison cells empty. And, and in fact, all of the prisons were empty. And there was literally no one in prison in that whole city. Alcoholism was broken. The idols that they served literally was, was destroyed in that particular place. The husbands and wives came back together. The children were affected. The families, not, even, not only that, the governor or the, the mayor of the city Declared, got saved and declared, this city is a city for Jesus. Wow. Let me tell you what happened. That was amazing. And this, this, is what, this, this was the thing that just completely blew my mind. This whole city was poor. The entire city was wracked with poverty. But what happened is that as they began to encounter Christ as a city, and they began to plant Vegetables, particularly carrots and cucumbers and different things like that, when they planted them without using any type of fertilizer, the carrots grew this big. And they started this, the whole city, they started exporting this. They became the number one exporter of vegetables throughout South America. And they started buying Mercedes trucks. The town started to flourish so much as a result of that. God transformed the whole city. I want to tell you today do not underestimate the power of prayer. Resist the resistance, throw off the restriction. And as you do so, you'll see people released and you'll start to enter into the government. Of God, the Ecclesia—that's what church means to—is governing place. We're called to govern through prayers, through declaration, decrees of God. God wants that to happen in your life. I want to pray for you right now. I'm I'm done with my message. I want to pray at this moment that God would stir in this church because I believe Alabang will shape this church will shape the nation will shape the region. There will be plants and churches that come out of this place. War leaders. There will be those of you who are at work, that you turn that work into a sanctuary. The power of God hits, people are set free, and God begins to breathe on you. Profits increase. Effectiveness increase. Just raise up your hand. Father of glory. I know they've been in a series on work, but there's nothing like their work being baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit. So I'm asking that every single one of them in this place, that you stir in them a spirit of prayer to intercede, to believe for transformation, to see their families touched, to see people set free to come out of their bondages of confusion. Lord, I'm praying right now that the things that have been resisting and restricting the people in this place right now, we come against you. We come against you in Jesus' name. We bind the power of the enemy. We bind every type of witchcraft, every type of resistance that has come, every confusing thought Every depressive one. We bind you in the name of Jesus. And we release the power of the kingdom in this place. Lord, I'm asking that every person right now would be anointed with fire. Let the fire, fire of the Holy Spirit burn inside of them. Fire of God. Some of you are feeling it right now. Fire of God, burn. Fire of God, burn. Fire of God, burn. I see someone's mother who's on their sickbed with cancer being raised up fire of god healing power be released someone's had neck problems in here you've had uh there's been issues with your neck and your spinal cord and the lord says i'm healing you right now power fire of god be released there's someone in here there's been like a, a growth in your head and the holy spirit is healing you right now the fire of god be released be released there's someone in here that's uh, working in the legal, uh, in, in the area of, of, of uh, the legal places, and there's been a, a tough case and has put you on your back. And the Lord says that there's getting ready, ready to be a release of, of evidence or things that, insight, that will help you to win that and to bring justice. Lord, let your fire come. Let your fire come. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. There's a, there's a student in here. Uh, that's that's at the age of twelve, and the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you about uh, reaching out to to the other to your friends and the people at your at your school, and the Holy Spirit wants you to know that He's anointed you for this. That there's going to be unique grace that comes upon you. That there's going to be divine appointments and open doors and opportunity. Lord, thank you for releasing your fire. Thank you for releasing your fire. Thank you for releasing. Oh, God, the fire of prayer. Lord Jesus. Jesus. Just say it. Jesus. 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 Thank you for breakthrough. Breakthrough. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We hope you were inspired by that message. Listen to more podcasts from our website at www.victorialabang.org and in Victoria app. Thank you and stay connected.